Why is it called a nutmeg? It's the it's an English thing. It's an English joke. It has to do with nuts. Clearly. It has to do with going between the legs, so it's nuts. Oh. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Windy City Wingers podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Fire, Chicago Red Stars, and a soccer update from all over the world. My name is Alex Herman, and I'm joined, as always, by Brady Olson and Dave Kolichkowski. Boys, how are we doing? A little tired, but doing quite well. I'm doing good, too. Good, good. And a quick shout-out, Ian Scarlato, working behind the glass, down in the lab, cleaning up the podcast, making sure it sounds quick and sharp as ever. Thank you, Ian, for all that you do. Today is a lovely Monday, July 19th. It is a gorgeous day outside. And yesterday was the final round of the Open Championship, also known as the British Open. Congratulations to Colin Morikawa for winning his second major and doing it in his unflappable fashion. He's cool as a cucumber always. I'm a huge golf fan. I think everyone should watch the majors when they're on. Mm. Congratulations to Colin. Your boy. How much money did I'm you also, have on him? Uh, well, I really wish that I would have put money down on him <laughs> because I always like him almost in every tournament because he plays so consistently. I could have won, but I do know that our good friend Peter Kappas did win some money. Hey, he made a bet Oish. that a USA player would win the British Open, and Colin Morikawa is, in fact, an American player. So, and a happy birthday to Peter. <laughs> happy birthday to Peter. Congratulations happy on your winnings, Peter. Birthday. Avid listener. Oh, yeah. Quick loons check-in. Good news from up north. They played the Seattle Sounders this week who have the best record in the Western Conference and came away with the 1-0 to victory. The only goal of the game came from Robin Lud in the 81st minute. A great pass from Hansen across the box to beat the goalie. Lud taps it in. They beat the team with the best record in the Western Conference. Let's go. Row the boat. Skull the boat. Sky you ma. Minnesota fans from all over the world, <laughs> do it. Let's make it happen. They have shown that they can beat the top-tier team. The Loons are now the top-tier team, right? That logic fits. <laughs> A little bit, A plus B. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think Seattle is the best team in the league, though. So that is a fantastic here first, win. Folks. The Minnesota and Loons beat the best team in the league. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens when they get to tournament play though, too. San the Sounders usually end up winning that. So it doesn't yeah. really matter. <laughs> you know what? Forget the haters. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Loon on. Loon on. All right. Moving to the windy city. This week we're going to start off with the lovely ladies of Chicago. The Chicago Red Stars played OL Rain this past weekend and came away with the victory three, two, one. And things got off to a fast start in the first half. Balser with the first goal of the game and the 12-minute mark. 
Yeah, unfortunately, fast start for the rain though. Um, Balser scores uh, off a beautifully crossed ball um, by Celia Jimenez um, uh, from the right side of the box. Took a quick bounce behind Gordon, but Balser adjusts and gets a boot to it. Um, So they get that uh, early lead and hang on to it through the first half. Uh, there was a couple other moments too, uh, though, where the Red Stars almost equalized and were looking like the better team towards the end of the first half. In the 35th minute, Watt has a great opportunity to score. She cuts in from the left side of the box and gets her shot off. Unfortunately, it was right at the keeper. So it was just a beautiful cut and definitely worth taking a watch. Um, then in the 38th minute, the Red Stars have some excellent ball movement to create another near miss opportunity. Um, Watts sends a long ball to Pew on the right side of the box, picked her out really well. Pew slips one on the ground between the OL rain defenders and Di Bernardo takes a powerful shot that just rises over the crossbar. Red stars are really looking threatening before the end of the half. So there's reason to be really optimistic, even though they're down one goal. Di Bernardo has been doing a really good job of that this season. I'm just hoping she gets those on frame. But hers lately have been, yes. been just barely over. So let's let's get those just a little bit closer. Yes, absolutely. I think she, I think she will. I think you know the season's still young, so there's time to fix that, and I think that'll be huge for them. So while things were in OL Reigns' favor in the first half, that 12 minute goal, the second half, the Red Stars came firing back in the 48th minute. Jimenez has an own goal that ties the game up one to one. Yeah, it was a really unfortunate deflection for Jimenez there. Um, Pew tries to cross the ball in, uh, but Jimenez makes some contact and it places the ball right over uh, mm. Wadi's head for an own goal. Nothing they could do about it. It was just uh, just happens sometimes and it's unfortunate, but they're level. So go Red Stars. <laughs> yeah. And the luck would continue to slide in the favor of the Red Stars. Seven minutes later, 55th minute, Cook has an own goal, putting the Red Stars up two to one. This time, uh, Pew takes the corner and uh, Cook ends up tapping it into her own net uh, rather than clearing. So again, it was Pew that was involved here and kind of starts to think that it's imminent for her to score, (laughs) just even though it's uh, all been luck at this point where she's been involved. I'll also say that the announcers are saying that this is the fifth um, own goal in a row scored yeah. in favor of the Red Stars, which is just insane. And they they were just kind of in shock when they were saying it. And and one of the announcers even laughed like when it happened, like she couldn't believe that it had happened again. So I've never seen it before. Do you think there's anything that the Red Stars are doing that is causing this? Honestly, like by just increasing traffic around the goal. Or is it just luck? Uh, again, you create your own luck in soccer is something mm-hmm. I will always say. I think they're crossing just behind the defenders very often, which makes you react as a defender and panic. And you're not really faced in a good way to deal with it. Then if you're facing your own goal and then more and more runners in the box, the red stars have done a really good job of not having just one singular person in the box. There's been two or three runners. You have to react and you have to, uh, not let the ball bounce in your own box. And that creates own goals. It, not yeah. five in a row, though. That's pretty, pretty insane. <laughs> I mean, that is insane. That is kind of lucky. But the Red Stars have been putting some great pressure. and They've been looking more and more likely to score more often these last few games. So I think they're cre- like Brady said, they're creating their own luck. 
really quickly in the 59th minute, uh, Hill hits one off the post. So close to a very nice goal. And like the precision of the shot was excellent and almost perfect. Five minutes later, the Red Stars do come through. Hill misses in the 59th minute off the post. Pew, 64th minute, puts it away, solidifying the yes. lead for the Red yeah. Stars. Three to one is now the score. Yeah, she gets her much-deserved goal here. Yes. And it was great movement and body placement. I thought that this was such a cool goal. The play starts uh, with a throw-in from the left side of the box, takes a bounce off one of the rain defenders and rolls towards Pew. Pew uses her, the motion of the defender, which is going away from the goal, um, to her advantage. And she kind of shields her off um, and reestablishes herself between um, the defender and the goal. Um, during this, she locates the ball at her feet and makes a decisive strike to make the game three to one. I thought it was an incredible goal. And, um, you know, the fact that it, it ended up beating the keeper near post was really cool too. Just knows, just shows you how hard she hit it and with what confidence she was playing with during this game. Yeah. She's been balling good for her. Olympic rain had two very solid opportunities to score and stoppage time. So the red stars were kind of lucky to, you know, keep the lead here. Um, but it also really included an, a, a super nice uh, bicycle kick by Miller from um, rain. So Red Stars walk away with the win, but they, uh, you yeah. know, kind of will look sloppy those last five minutes. We'll take it. We'll yeah. take it. We enjoy it. <laughs> Absolutely. So the Red Stars continue their winning streak, making it three in a row. And let's hope they can keep that yep. up. Coming up this weekend, July 25th, 4 p.m., they are playing Gotham FC. Make it four in a row, Red Stars. Let's do it. Let's go beat the fighting Batmans, uh, <laughs> or I guess Batwoman in this case. Yes. Red Stars up to second in the league, have a game or two more played than other teams, but a win against Gotham would help solidify the spot. Very excited about how they're playing. Yeah. Keep it up, Red Stars. Woo. And now moving over to the brawling brutes of Chicago, the fire. They played Nashville this weekend, yeah. and this was a beatdown. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Most unfortunately, Nashville with five goals, Chicago with one. Uh, not a fun score to have. Nope. Never a good time to have that in a soccer game. Well done, Dave. <laughs> Dave cracked a beer just now because, yeah, we all need to be drinking when we talk about this and how painful it was. It was bad. Let's go. <laughs> I was really hyped about this one, guys. I don't know. <laughs> Mm -hmm. We had one, two in a row. Things are looking yeah. up. If we won this game, it would have been three in a row for my epic return to Soldier Field. Yeah. Super hyped, super hyped. And now I'm scared again. So <laughs> uh, some of this may have been due to Wiki being out for the next couple of games due to a family matter. So Frank Kloppus oh. took the reins for this game. So I don't know if there was an issue there. Uh, maybe just with hmm. the team and just how comfortable they are with Wiki at this point but that's just something to keep in mind. I actually did not know that. I was not aware of that. So thoughts go out to Wiki. Hope everything is um, all right with his family. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, if the fire could have won this, won three in a row, especially against a really good team, that would kind of launch your momentum, launch the energy into the stratosphere. 
However, yes, didn't happen. But we definitely do have things to break down in this game. And the first thing would be the hat trick that happened within the first 16 minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. It's the fastest Penny ever. Mukhtar. Sorry, go ahead, Brad. It's the fastest ever hat trick in the MLS. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I didn't know that. Thank God I didn't get any like push notifications from Bleach Report. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would not be a good one to get. Especially because you would have received it when we were drinking out at that birthday party. So <laughs> birthday party would have thrown. <laughs> yeah, you would have thrown your pint of beer everywhere. So Hanny Mukhtar of Nashville within the first 16 minutes has three goals, also known as a hat trick. And they all happen within six minutes of each other. Unprecedented for the MLS, obviously. First goal comes in the 10th minute. And this one is completely on uh, cap off. 100%. Cap, yeah, cap will get off the field. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And he will uh, make that happen himself four minutes later, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> no, no. So Kapilov just makes a nice pass to Sapong to set up Mukhtar's first, pa- first uh-huh. goal. <laughs> and Mukhtar gets to pick which corner he wants to put the ball in at the top of the box and does it beautifully. And that is never what you want to see as a defender is their best goal score at the top of the box. No one in front of him looking at the goal saying, hmm, do I want to put it on the right side or the left side? <laughs> yeah. I'll put it in the left Oof. side. Uh, it was bad. I think Kapelhoff might have forgotten that Sapong is no longer on his team. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, mistakes happen. Kapelhoff, he's, he's getting old, you know. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Three Not minutes later, Hany Mukhtar strikes again. He wastes Pineda leaves him on his knees on the ground and puts it in the opposite corner of the goal this time. Because once again, there's no one in front of him. The one defender he had to beat, he beats like an egg, like a drum, (laughs) like anything else that you beat. And then says, well, my last goal was in the left corner. I'm going to put it in the right corner this time. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Mukhtar does a bunch of step overs uh, and this allows him to create some space and I see the note there. Yeah. A bunch. It was two, <laughs> but for me, sorry. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. I get excited about it. So I exaggerate. He does a couple <laughs> step overs uh, and that generates some space uh, between him and Pineda. And at that same time, he's obviously inching closer to the goal. He uses this space to get off a shot. And as Herman said, slots it in the right corner. Yeah. What I noticed was Sekulich, just stopped running on this goal. I yeah. don't really know what happened. Not sure. Seems to happen a lot though. Sometimes yeah. it seems like people give up on the play. Like we were discussing that yeah. earlier this season with Bornstein. Just if you keep on running, you never know what, what'll happen and where, where you could help out in the future. Get, get your body in the box and see what you can do. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And you mentioned that Wiki was out, but even when, and, and that may have, had an impact on this game, but even when he's been in, the defense has had plays like this all year long where it looks like someone thinks that someone else should be there or should be covering that spot and they're just not there. So defensive miscommunications continue to be the biggest 
uh, negative thing for this team. Came back with a vengeance in this game, for sure. Yeah, yeah really did. Kappelhoff takes himself out of the game one minute later in the 14th minute with a red card. You're yeah, I get why it's a red, but I kind of felt like it's soft. Like Sapong was too. Yeah, yeah, it it was, but I think it's like a written rule of soccer though, where like if the if the offensive player gets past you, which Sapong does at this point, uh, and you take away a clear goal scoring opportunity, it's going to be a red, especially like the location of it. I didn't really think he went for his feet though, but Brady, I know you want to chime in here. I'm sure. It's called dog. So referees call it dog. So denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity. Mm. That's why it has to be a red card and it's soft, but also he clearly fouls him and he's the only one left to deny him that. So yeah, had to get a red. I wonder if he would have stayed on his feet. If, if he would have gotten in, in the way of Sapong though, like Sapong's not as fast mm-hmm. as he used to be. Like that's kind of where my head was at, but mm-hmm. We don't get to see that play out. That penalty reminds me of in NFL football, there is a clear touchdown pass to a wide receiver. And mm-hmm. instead of giving up the touchdown, the cornerback or safety will just blatantly like tackle the wide receiver or put a hand on mm-hmm. him or oh, grab yeah. him. Cause it's better. It's better to give up a 50 yard penalty than a instant touchdown. So right. yes, I Soccer totally tries get. to eliminate that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I understand why it is a red card as well, but it was like, he didn't, wasn't, it didn't look vicious, but it was the fact that he denied him a free goal. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> or not a free goal, an earned goal. And in the 16th minute, Mukhtar strikes yet again on a set piece opportunity yeah. coming off of that red card. But Mukhtar definitely earned this goal. It was a gem of a shot. No goalkeeper in the MLS, at least, is going to save that. Yeah, dear Lord. It was was sick. (laughs) (laughs) Bounce off the underside of the crossbar into the net. Uh, Nashville should be grateful that Kapilov uh, fouled Sapong to witness that. So you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's all we can say. Yes. And the goals for Nashville did not stop there. Unfortunately, in the 39th mm-hmm. minute, Sapong puts in yet another goal. This actually was a rebound from a block shot. Randall Leal, uh, Shuttleworth was able to save that, but just punched it off of his hands. Sapong gets a hold of it, puts a quick touch on it, and Shuttleworth has no chance to save that second shot. Now Nashville is up four to nothing. X-Fire guy just adding to the pain. Yikes. Ouch. Yikes. Nice and composed for Sapong. Shout out to him. Hit it first time. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yep. Disgusted. (laughs) However, in the second half, the fire do come out firing, so to speak. Ali Seda in the 47th minute puts a goal in. That's exactly what you need if you're the fire. You need to come out and score a goal immediately. Um, Ofor and Madron both took shots that were blocked and they're just kind of playing pinball for a little bit. And then Madron makes a beautiful pass to Frankie uh, who then sends it to the other side um, of the box where Aliceta is for the goal. And again, it's just, it was exactly what they needed, but you would have had to ha- they would have had to have kept that magic going the entire second half in order to come back. But right. it's four one now. And then Aliceta just totally stays in his goal scoring form here. 
So which is critical. That's the only thing that's huge. Yeah. From this. Yeah. Trying to take a positive spin on it. But Nashville would not be silenced for the rest of this game. 62nd minute. Uh, Anunga puts in another goal to put Nashville up five to one. It's really just salt in the wound at this point. Um, we knew that the fire were not going to mount a comeback as they did not continue their magic. Uh, five to one Nashville, that would end up being the final score of the game. Painful at this point if you're a fire fan. Yeah, agreed. But what nice placement of the shot. He got a right through the traffic in the box into the lower left corner. It was a sweet goal. So you got to mm-hmm. appreciate um, something that awesome. Yeah. So the takeaways from this game, looking at the aftermath of this nuclear fallout of a game, if you're a Fire fan, I thought that the Fire lacked confidence coming into this game based on what I could see. I don't think they thought they could beat Nashville. And when you think like that, this is, this is how you play. You don't win. You give up a hat trick in six minutes when you think like that. So I don't know if it was because Wiki wasn't there or what the deal was, but they just did not have the same pop and spunk that they've had the past two games. It's yeah. That's just crazy to me. Cause like, I, I guess I do agree with you. And the question for me though, is why, like, why would you yeah. feel like that after winning back-to-back games and the narrative was kind of turning, you know, the guy that's been struggling to acclimate to the team is finally starting to click. Frankie mm-hmm. comes back from Euros looking really yeah. energized and ready to go. Like it, it's just, it was a shock to me. Um, and it just kind of, just when you think that, you know, there might be a little spark of hope, the yeah. mentality kind of turns into like, man, this is still going to be a long season. So yeah. it, um, it shouldn't be that negative. It should, here it could comes get the better. apology tour. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm here, everybody. Yeah. This was Yay. an away game. It's our first away <laughs> game in a while. And that is absolutely significant in this scoreline and in the giving away of a pass in the first 10 minutes. I would say the coach thing probably has something to do with it, especially as we know Wiki is a very positive thought process of a coach. He's very much like, yeah, guys, go get it, go get it. Uh, Klopas has been around the MLS for a while, been around the fire for a while. I think he's going to have more of a sort of veteran outlook. And maybe that doesn't jive with the the age of this team or something. I don't know. And then lastly, last apology to our point is Nashville are a very, very good team, especially at home. And one of the things that they're really good at is set pieces. They don't need to be given a free goal. They'll put it in as Hani Mukhtar did in the top ends. That's what they're good at. And that's my defense to the fire. We're coming back home this week. And Dave... Yeah, I'm going to be at the game. So I'm going to bring us back a W. Three points. Thank you. Let's do it. (laughs) Greatly appreciate the W. Much needed. Fire are taking on DC United this Wednesday, 21st, 7 p.m. Make sure you watch on TV to see Dave do something crazy. (laughs) Yes. Stay tuned. (laughs) Uh, Still no wiki for this game. However, Stanislav Ivanov has been added to the roster. And this is the guy. This is the guy that is supposed to be the big addition that's been injured the last four months. The man. And since he's on the roster, he could play Wednesday night. The stars have aligned. I doubt he <laughs> plays the full game though. And I just think it'd be great to see him for maybe 20 minutes at the yeah. end of the second half. Sure. So this is a double week 
of soccer because the Fire also play Toronto FC this Saturday, the 24th at 7 p.m. Two 7 p.m. night games this week. Woo. Uh, both could and should be W's as well. DC, uh, when we played them earlier in the season, we won the expected goal value battle. Not that that matters at all, but this time we got them at home. Let's do it, boys. Also, Toronto is the only team in the league with a worse goal differential than the fire. Let's take <laughs> advantage of that. They fired their manager recently, so it's an interim situation. Yeah. Let's take three points from that one, please. And we should beat yeah. DC on Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Well, the only counter there, sorry, is that <laughs> Jose Altador is back and he scored oh already. So it's oh just, <laughs> it's a different Toronto team. Mm. And I think Don't uh, do it, Josie. him, him and uh, the previous manager at the time, I think it was Armas were mm. in a big fight. So I feel like that might've been part of the reason why Toronto has had such a poor start. So, Could be. But I think, like Brady said, I think it's going to take time for them to be in full gear. That should be an easy win too. So let's go. Let's get some W's. Let's get it hyped again for fire soccer. Hop back on that W train fire. We can do it. Come on now. All right. Changing our scope a little bit. Zooming out to the U.S. men's national team. Encompassing all states. This week, one of the two games the U.S. men's national team played was against Martinique. And this was a steamrolling for our boys in yes. red and white and blue. Six to one was the final score. Dave, I know you want to give the fans a quick recap. Yes. Quick breakdown. Yes. Let's get into it. It's what you would expect um, for the matchup. So I'm just grateful that it happened. So first half in the seventh minute, Busio has a really nice opportunity from a free kick, but he puts it over the bar, unfortunately. So. He's probably a little excited to have that opportunity. And I think, you know, we'll see more, more from him this tournament. Um, I'm, I'm happy to see him out there. DK in the 14th minute, um, Hoppy uh, receives the ball on the left side of the box. He does a, a beautifully curled pass and finds the head of DK, who skillfully puts it in the upper 90. DK got in behind the Martinique defense, which makes it an easier finish, but still had to adjust to make sure that he was, you know, timed it out with the pass. Uh, in the t- 23rd minute, there was a Camille Ongol. Busio hits the crossbar and DK gets the rebound. He heads it to try and score, but it isn't quite on goal. And uh, Camille uh, kind of, I don't know, he, he kicks it with like the, behind him with the, the back panics. of his like foot. He yeah, panics. it was just what weird. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really strange. He panicked and uh, tries to keep it out, uh, but ends up directing the ball into the net, even though it wasn't on goal in the first place. <laughs> Second half miles Robinson scores in the 50th minute. Uh, Williamson crossed it in and Robinson scored on a header. He was unmarked at this time though. So it was pretty simple and he did his job there. DK scores uh, a brace. Um, second one coming in the 59th minute. Roll down looked like he was passing uh elsewhere kind of to the left, but DK ends up intercepting that his own teammates pass. Um, it was kind of like a force give and go. Cause he had started <laughs> by passing it back to roll down. It's really nice composure and he ends up chipping it over the uh, Martinique keeper. Uh, he was just super strong on the ball too. Like I, he, I don't think any Martinique defender was going to put a body on him and uh, turn it into a cleared play. Yeah, dude. Uh, Double D DK. Can we make that a nickname? (laughs) (laughs) I'm down. Yeah. Double D DK. (laughs) 
Martinique do score on a pen in the 64th minute, which was a bummer. Um, but what are you going to do? I mean, you, you, we, we solidly won this game, so you can't get too sad about that. Uh, Zardes adds to the tally in the 70th, 70th minute. Uh, it was a really nice goal. Perfect placement. Um, mm-hmm. Like across the keeper into the left, uh, lower left-hand corner. Nice pass and, uh, by James Sands, who gets him free. It was really nice. Yeah. And in the 90th minute, Giochini uh, scores as well. Busio absolutely drilled the pass to him. Uh, so it was really Busio that kind of set it up, and Giochini was in the right place. But I thought it was awesome how quick the movement was and how they capitalized and added to the goal tally. At this point, they were trying to run up the score. So even if they had a draw against Canada, that they'd still be at the top of the group. But unfortunately, it didn't work out, and they were lagging behind. But We'll talk about uh, what happens with Canada later. So aftermath, uh, this was the DK show, and I was like yeah. super hyped. I I think there, you know, he had earned his start later this week against Canada, and I thought Busio looked solid as well. Um, and wanted to just do a quick shout out to Hoppy because he had been an integral part in some of the goals in the first half. So. Yeah, Daryl DK Beast Mode Double D DK. That was pretty awesome. Good to see him playing with confidence and. Uh, an uncommon strength that we haven't seen since probably Josie Altador. Uh, very excited about DK and what he can become. A little bit unpolished in the buildup and making runs at the right times. That comes with experience, and I believe he was he's going to get that, and he's probably going to find a really good club, if even if he doesn't stay with Orlando, which is also a very good club. I did notice Busio as well. So skilled. I love him as a player. 19 years old. Needs to work on the defensive side and not getting knocked off the ball because he can get rooked a little bit. I also noticed Catanaccio played by the U.S. (laughs) men's national team. So I'm going to go ahead and commandeer the podcast real quick and move smoothly into a Brady's tactical sessions. Heck yeah, listener. You get excited. (laughs) I've, I've mentioned Catanaccio a couple times. It's a tactical system, and I'd like to give you just a little summary of it right now. Uh, it was invented by Carl Rapan, who was the coach of, the, of Switzerland in the 1930s and 40s. He called it a value system, also doorbolt in French. And Catanaccio means doorbolt in Italian. That's what we're going for. It's known mostly as a defensive system, but that's incorrect. It was mainly a response in this case to having a less fit, less skilled team. So it originally did start as a very defensive concept. It was a new idea. Basically play a 1-3-3-3 three, 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 where you had one Vellier played be, uh, who stayed behind three marking central defenders. And then at this point in time, most teams attacked with three forwards. So you had the three defenders in front of one singular extra defender to clean up messes. Cut to the 1950s, Italy, very heavily influenced by Swiss soccer. Uh, Nereo Rocco started to use the Veru system with a recently promoted Padova and changed the lingo to the Italian Catenaccio that we recognize nowadays. And since the team was recently promoted, he needed a system to improve upon a not-as-skilled, not-as-fit soccer team. The early success with by using Catanaccio now moves him to the Italy Olympic team and then eventually to AC Milan. So now he has players, and it's no longer a defensive system. I have a system in mind, but we're not going to just use this defensively. 
Now we're going to play a one libero, we'll call him, free player, four, three, two. So the formation is a one, four, three, two, defensively and by name. And then it becomes very quickly an attacking four, four, two. So we've got the same defensive four as we had before with the one, four, three, two. And the wingbacks can be can push very high up the field. So now we've got really attacking-minded wingbacks. The libero, the free player, that central sweeper, jumps into the midfield three and is an unaccounted for attacker now. So we've got a three midfielders that can move around and be very attacking-minded because that extra sweeping defender has now moved past his defenders and now become part of the midfield. Also, many of the attacks will start with the sweeper, the libero, dribbling into the midfield, breaking formation, as I've talked about before. That's a lot of times when soccer actually happens or spraying long passes for counterattacks that can't really be defended because he's behind the defensive line. So you're not going to go and mark him all game. But when he then wanders into the midfield, it becomes a really dangerous thing for the team with the ball. Franz Beckenbauer is probably the most uh, well-known, famous liberos. He was a total eliminator defensively, and he scored amazing goals. You should try and find some highlights of Franz Beckenbauer, and you'll see what I'm talking about. 1v1 defending, eliminator. And then he could shoot from anywhere, and it would go the top corner. It was awesome. Barcelona, this season, they had their poor start, if you remember. Their reboot. The, the fact that they got so much better happened because they started to use Catenaccio. De Jong played the libero. And then Serginho Dest, Dordi Alba were the very attacking-minded wingbacks. So you had De Jong, very skilled on the ball. He would move into the midfield and then be an unaccounted for, uh, unaccounted for position that you just can't defend against. And then the reason I'm talking about it today is because U.S. men's national team used that as a perfect example against Martinique. And then again, they're going to use it uh, in our game of the week against Canada with James Sands playing as the libero. Incredibly exciting to see him play this very tactically complex position so well. And that's Catenaccio for all of you listeners. And then we're going to move on into the game of the week. Yes. Thank you, Brad. And cool to see something that old and historic in the game, which soccer is overall, but show up in a very recent game and the U.S. men's national team uses Still it. Still using it. So, right. I think uh, this is used all over the globe, yeah? Mm -hmm. It's known mostly for Italians now, simply because right. of the name. And also they're so tactical. They love to just throw little wrinkles into things. Okay. But yeah. Very cool. So as Brad mentioned, game of the week breakdown, the big show. Last week, we chose the U.S. men's national team versus Canada as our game of the week. And USA, USA, mm -hmm. USA, U.S. men's national team came away with the victory. One, two, zero. Dave, I know you were tuned in, as was most of the nation. But your quick takeaway, what did you see here? Yeah, there's another uh, score early and hang on for dear life game for me. Um, <laughs> this time the goal was scored by the right back instead of the left back like they did in the first game uh, for the group <laughs> stage. So a little switch up and uh, you know, wasn't ideal, but still we won. Get the W. Yep. And that one and only goal came really quickly. 
within the first minute of the game, Shaq Moore puts in the only goal of the game for the U.S. team for the whole game overall. U.S. is up one nothing. <laughs> yeah, he scored in 20 seconds, which is the fastest <laughs> goal in U.S. men's national team history since they started recording. And then just no more goal scoring action for the rest of the game. <laughs> it was also Shaq Moore's first goal as a U.S. national teamer, which is fantastic. Kellen Acosta is super aggressive here right from the kick, quite literally. Good improvisation when things don't go perfectly right away when he tries to step over, tries to get a shot off. And that's a really good quality to have as a midfielder when things aren't going perfectly. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and make a nice find out to Legette to the left corner of the box. Perfect first time cross on the ground and an easy one for Shaq Moore. Yeah, it was an American dream start. Her <laughs> halter's reaction was fun to watch too. Um, getting in it, he got like that immediate relief. So that has to be an awesome feeling as a coach. Um, but obviously it's far from over scoring only 20 seconds in. Right. Uh, a couple scary moments for the U.S. are going to follow immediately. In the ninth minute, Richie Larea cruising down the right wing. Zimmerman aggressively pursues. He had the angle, but Larea is pretty quick and stronger than he looks. Uh, Zimmerman does make the play and does get fouled. He does get pulled back by Larea, but it was right on the edge of the box. Pretty scary little moment, both from an injury perspective. So Zimmerman does go down because of this and does uh, need to be subbed off. Hopefully he's okay for the next game. But then also from a penalty perspective, there's no real reason to need to foul him here. And he doesn't, but he might have been called. I've seen it called before. In the 16th minute, another sloppy moment for the U.S. men's national team. Busio makes a backward pass and is slightly nonchalant about it. Misses his target, which was Sands. Pines, who replaced Zimmerman, so he's just getting into this game, is a little slow to react. And Sands thinks, well, maybe Pines is going to go for it. There's that little hesitation moment. You know uh, me. And then Sands has to tackle Akinola from behind and he does get the ball. There's no foul, but you don't want a last ditch sliding tackle here. And then also um, as a result, Akinola is going to have to get subbed out because of this play as well. And Akinola for Canada, but still, I really like him as a player. So not, not ideal situations here. However, the left side was doing okay. Uh, I liked how in the 19th minute, Legette and Vines, they combine nicely and they move just straight past the Canada defense, which is great. Create a chance, uh, shot off target for Zardes. And near the end of the half, the good part of Vines, the bad part of Vines, he almost falls asleep here on the far post, but recovers very nicely. Alistair Johnston made a sneaky run to the far post and Vines just about sees it at the right time. And also... I noticed that Busio's defensive frailty is apparent here. He had a chance to grab possession a couple times, kind of whiffed on a couple clearances. He is 19, and it kind of shows in this game. Yeah, and I just wanted to say, like, throughout this this half, we never really felt like we had a one-goal lead. Uh, Canada, Canada was determined to keep the game close, mm -hmm. and with the U.S. sloppiness, you know, it was it was a really close and tight game, so... It's not a team that you could sleep on anymore, like in, right. in the days of old. Like they are a solid team, and it makes you kind of wonder, like if Davies was around, what would this game have been like? Yep, definitely. And it stayed close in the second half too. Right away, the 46th minute, Canada starts off really well, or is it that the U.S. starts really poorly? 
Interesting phrasing on that one. Yeah, that's that's a tough answer because Pines looked a little bit fish out of water in this game. Had a horrible mm-hmm. misplaced pass here. Uh, Laird has a pretty free shot and Kyle Laird's a pretty good player. He's going to put these away more often than not. This one, he shins a little bit. and uh, Yeah, thank God Turner's locked in. That's all I have to say. Thank you. And he's been locked in this tournament too. So. In the 48th minute, uh, we had another Canadian shot. Buchanan is saved by Turner. Uh, Laren turns Sands with just pure strength and slightly worrying to see that Sands needs to learn that lesson of if you come out to a big striker, sometimes they're going to put their their butt in your way and you're going to have to get around it. <laughs> it's a good box. Yeah, out. At, at this time, like I was like, there's no way Canada's not going to score. Like that, that mm-hmm. was the moment where I was like, they're going to score. This is not good. And it didn't happen, but that was the, the, the pain in my stomach watching it live. Right. I was just like, Oh, <laughs> two minutes later, almost. I mean, Larea against pines again, pines has a fully outstretched arm and Larea goes to ground. I've seen pens called for less as a result of probably because of that turn, but there was also, there were shots, there was other situations, but Kyle Laren does go down and needs to be replaced by Cavallini. Uh, That's another injury related sub for Canada. I hope that Laren's okay for Canada's sake. I really like him as a player for the U S's sake. I was happy to see him go because he's, he was looking dangerous in the 59th minute, Pines makes yet another mistake. However, he does eliminate the problem himself by recovering very quickly. He's athletic, strong, but still, if you don't need to make the mistake in the first place, then you don't need to then eliminate the problem. So that was a little bit of a problem. And in the 76th minute, we had a water break, which is good for all teams. And all of the subs happened. Right. And this is kind of proof that the U.S. were not sitting back in this game on purpose. They meant to come out and press Canada. And so here we've got a water break. Guys, let's go get the ball. Let's go do this. The U.S. come out to press and are late to the ball in just about every situation. Uh, And that creates the entire chance here. And then Buchanan gets free on the left. Just misses Cavallini with a cross. Osorio is also crashing on the far post. These are all getting too close to comfort. Yeah, honestly, any it was a game of inches here because either of those opportunities, mm-hmm. whether it was the attempted header or the one at the far post, an inch and it would have been a goal. Right. Another opportunity here for Canada in the 79th. Buchanan just misses game of inches. Uh, the far post. Uh, Turner would argue that he had it covered, but I don't think he did. Uh, and it <laughs> followed a long bout of possession by Canada. So the, Canada was putting the U.S. to the sword near the end of this game. Uh, Cavallini got a shot at the very end, saved easily enough, but you know, you against a better team, possibly AKA Mexico, this won't be good enough. Yeah, no, this doesn't make me feel better about our chances at all. This game in general, I even think our next game, which will right now on paper is against Jamaica, but if Jamaica somehow passes Costa Rica, it will be Costa Rica. So Both those are, are going to be tough games. Yeah, no slouch of teams. We've we've had issues with Jamaica before too, and Costa Rica is a very formidable opponent. So, I would say that while it looked very very bad, possession was only fifty five to forty five in Canada's favor, so it wasn't that brutal. It just seemed like it, and fourteen shots to USA's six. That's not great either. 
USA did not play their best game. And yeah, I think against a, a Costa Rica, Jamaica, we need to be a little bit better. Well, I think the big takeaway here, the basic takeaway is, woo, USA win. Yeah. Right. Happy, That's, happy. Dave and I talked ourselves out of it. But yeah, three points. <laughs> top of the group. No, we should be happy. You're right. It's a win <laughs> in the Gold Cup, uh, which I'm very happy about. But someone please explain to me what the Gold <laughs> Cup is because sure. I'm a dumb American with no knowledge of the soccer cups. Yeah. yeah. I'll give some facts real quick. Um, <gasps> originally... The tournament yes. was called CONCACAF Championship uh, up until 1991. Uh, it was played every two years on odd years. Uh, one year after the World Cup, once before. Uh, two, the two winners would play each other for a right to play in the Confederations Cup, which is like a trial cup, uh, which is hosted by the upcoming World Cup's uh, host city. So it was just like oh. a, a, a shortened like tournament with teams kind of from each federation that would go against each other. Literally a trial run for the city. Yes, it was. That's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. It's a good idea. It was a, it was a great idea. And then one more quick thing was that the Confederations cup, while it was a great idea is no longer a thing, but the CONCACAF gold cup is like big for bragging rights. It's like um, the equivalent of the euros or Copa America. Mm. Um, So, okay. But it is more frequent. Yeah. Cool. Love it. Looking ahead to next week, the game of the week. The first Olympic game for the U.S. women's national team. Yeah. July 21st, 3.30 a.m. live, if you're up for it. Yep. Come on. Wake up. Let's do it. U.S. women's national team is going to be taking on Sweden. Traditionally with the Olympics, they put... um, when when it's in a time zone that doesn't really work to watch it live, they tend to do a replay in prime time or sometime during the day. So just kind of keep an eye out for that. Uh, but if you have like recording capability, that's probably the safer call just in case there's some kind of weird time that they do the replays for the, the soccer games. Sure. And the significance of this game is the USA is not so easy of a group. This is not a walk away. Uh, we've got Sweden first. That's our game of the week. We've got Australia also. And New Zealand, being the obvious underdog, are not that poor of a team. Uh, the best two third-place teams of the three groups do get out of the group stage as well. So a slow start doesn't eliminate the U.S. women's national team, but we should boss this tournament. We are the best team. Yeah. We should earn it and and play like it. What Brady said is so true. Um it's cool because it guarantees some great matches uh, with the U.S. versus Australia and then the U.S. versus Sweden. Uh, but it is a really tough draw. So if they're sleeping at all, there is that risk that they might not advance, even if they are the third place team, because it is such a tough group. Mm-hmm. Sweden's ranked number five and Australia is ranked number nine in the FIFA rankings for women. Um, and New Zealand isn't really shabby, as Brady had said before. They are 22nd place the women's rankings. So mm. it is some solid teams. And while the USA is obviously number one and they're the team to beat, they cannot come out slow and they have played for some very tight games against Australia and Sweden in the past. Let's go ladies yes. of go. the USA. Let's make Dana, it happen. Hype. Very excited. I probably will wake up at three 30. 
<laughs> okay. All right. I'll wake up at 3.30. Let's do it. <laughs> the adrenaline will be pumping. And very excited to watch the opening ceremony for the Olympics on Friday evening. Correct? That's when it, where they're showing it yes. on NBC, I think. I believe so. Will you, you be know, tuning in, Olympics. both of you? Oh, you know I love yeah. it. Yeah. I, I think they're so cool. I love mm-hmm. it. Looking back at the MLS, again, the Fire have two games this week. Make sure you're tuning in for both of those. We know that Dave will be tuned in on Wednesday, July 21st at 7 p.m. against DC United. Need to bring us home that W, Dave. If you have room for that in your pocket, just bring that, bring that on home. And then July 24th. On the weekend, at Saturday, 7 p.m. again, the Fire take on Toronto FC. You heard it here first. Both of these could and should be W's for the Fire. Mm-hmm. Our lovely ladies of Chicago, the Red Stars, are taking on the Gotham FC Bat Ladies at July on July 25th at 4 p.m. The U.S. men's national team is going to be taking on Jamaica or Costa Rica. It's Jamaica at the moment, but that could change. On July 25th at 8.30 p.m. on FS1. Make sure you're tuning in for that. And the U.S. women's national team is going to be taking on New Zealand on July 24th at 6.30 a.m. for. No excuses on that one. Yeah. (laughs) But I think everybody could easily wake up for it, too. You know, sneak on down to the Atlantic. Right here at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> Other games that are happening. Dave, give us the update. Yeah. So uh, just like um, the women's tournament, the men's tournament actually starts on the Thursday. Uh, it's the U23 squads. Um, this is the tournament that we were covering earlier this summer that the men's team missed out on, unfortunately. Right. Uh, there are also other quarterfinal games for the Gold Cup this upcoming weekend. And uh, Liverpool fans get hyped because they're back. Uh, first friendly is this Friday, 11.15 a.m. against Mainz. Uh, the Liverpool Revenge Tour begins, so get hyped, everybody. There's a Van Dyke. the preseason. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, no, it's fun, dude. I just like to, <laughs> I just like to know people are back and, and what the squad's looking like. So uh, I get excited about it. I wouldn't say I watch any of the games, but it's just good to see. You know, preseason the back is together. always preseason the gang's is always back. exciting. Yes, <laughs> the team is back. Yeah, come on, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I don't I guess know if, if I was a Spurs fan just playing my okay. like play-in okay. games for the conference league, I, I would be upset too, Brady. I get it. All right, it. I get it. <laughs> nice. I've never seen a preseason soccer game, but I got to imagine that's pretty similar to every other sport. But yeah, it's fun though. Come on. (laughs) I know that Brad's just salty because his team is falling apart, but you do get to see youth players and stuff like that who are trying to make the team. That's always fun to see. And also teams tend to make bank during the summer as they go to different places and show off for different countries. Yeah, not yeah. so much in COVID anymore, but uh, good there point. used to True. be like U.S. tours and um, stuff. So, yeah. It'll be back one day. It will be. Next week on the podcast, we are going to do a quick mailbag segment because guess what? You, our lovely listeners, have been reaching out to us, emailing, DMing us. We have mailbag questions. We are going to answer them. 
and break them down for you. Thank you. Please continue to write to us. Let us know what you want to hear more about. Let us know what we should leave out. And we're also going to get five facts from Dave about soccer at the Olympics. Yes. I love me some Dave's five facts. (laughs) Closing thoughts for this week. Well, our biggest one, our biggest two. First one, Instagram. Follow us. Instagram. Yeah. At Windy City Wingers. Follow us. We're going to be doing lots of fun stuff on there. The second one is we have a Patreon. Woohoo. I'm looking at it right now. It looks beautiful. (laughs) There is a link to our Patreon on our Instagram. You can also go to patreon.com and type in Windy City Wingers where it says find a creator and we will pop up right there. Please donate. Give what you can. It will go a long way to us making the podcast better, allowing us to do new, fun, creative things as well on the podcast. Yeah, we are actively brainstorming what we would provide to Patreon members. So we will let you know as soon as we do. And yeah, it'll be a good time. And we'd really appreciate even a dollar. We'd love it. Absolutely. As always, please continue to email us at windycitywingers.info at gmail.com. Now that we are up on Instagram, DM us. Let us know your thoughts. Sure. Let us know what's going on. Brady, where can the people find you? I am at stat underscore bro on Twitter. I'm also adding my at bradthebard13 on Instagram because I will be republishing all the Windy City Winger stuff. Uh, Plus, I'll be adding my music news and whatnot on there as well. So that's just going to be... Plus, begrudgingly retweeting everything that I say about the the report. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. And Dave... Where can our lovely listeners contact you? I am WCW Dave on both Twitter and Instagram. So hey. hit me up. I am trying to post a lot more. Uh, Excellent. Especially relevant to the games we're going to be covering in the upcoming mm-hmm. week. So very cool. Get to Love see, it. get a little preview and get to see what the other fans are kind of thinking about and what the mentality is of, around the culture. So it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Trust us. It is always fun here. Always and forever. Thank you, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you next week with more soccer updates from Chicago, from all over the globe. Until then, stay classy. Stay classy.